pastor and founder of Life's Word Ministry, along with my beautiful wife, Christine. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that what you hear will enrich, enhance, and encourage your life in a very special way. It is our endeavor to share a word with you that will help you to live, hope, and change. And now, here's today's podcast. Have you ever asked the question, where is God now? Or where is God when it hurts? It seems that when life brings pain, that the first thing we ask is, where is God? But what happens when nothing seems to go right? What do we do when all hell is breaking loose? We seem to question the whereabouts of God. And we seem to forget that God is ever present. Now, I know that there are times when things don't seem to go the way that we want them to go. People say, I I got up on the wrong side of the bed. Well, what side is that? The right side, left side, at the foot? What side is that for you to make a statement to say that you woke up on the wrong side of the bed? What does that mean? Does that have anything to do with why you have a bad attitude today? So how do we react when things don't go our way? How do we react when things don't go right? A young man was learning to be a paratrooper. Before his first jump, he was given a set of instructions. The instructor said, number one, jump when you are told. Number two, count to 10 and pull the ripcord. And number three, In the unlikely event your parachute doesn't open, pull the emergency ripcord. And the last instruction he said, when you get down, a truck will be there to take you back to the airport. The young man memorized these instructions and he climbed aboard the plane. The plane climbed at 10,000 feet and the paratroopers began to jump. When the young man was told to jump, he jumped. Then he counted to 10 and pulled the ripcord. Nothing happened. His chute fell to open. So he pulled the emergency ripcord. Steel. Nothing happened. No parachute. Oh, great, said the young man. And I suppose the truck won't be there when I get down either. Have you ever felt like this, young man? Have you had so many failures and disappointments in life that you just don't expect anything to go right for you? I've had a lot of days that I felt like, man, nothing seems to be going right today. Everything I try to do seems to mess up or not go the way that I planned it to go. Well, unlike the young man in my story, there is hope. There is hope in Jesus Christ. We can be forgiven for the failures of the past and we can start all over again. And the wonderful thing that I love about it is because you can begin Again, it doesn't matter what you've gone through. You can begin again. Christianity is sometimes called the gospel of the second chance. And I am so glad that God is a God of a second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth chance. Because our failures never have to be fatal. That's what the grace of God is all about. Even though our parachutes fail to open, we can always fall into the loving arms of our heavenly father. 
The Bible teaches in Psalms 46 and 8 that God reigns over the nations from his holy throne in heaven. In Isaiah 6 and 1, it says that in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple. There are a lot of things that represent King Uzziah in our lives. What's your King Uzziah that's keeping you from seeing the Lord sitting on his throne high and lifted up? Is it your job? Is it your family? Is it your wife? Is it your husband? Is it your kids? Is it that lover that you know that you shouldn't have because you're married? Isaiah 66 one said, thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What is the house that you will build for me? And what is the place? of my rest. Hebrews 4, 16, even though we know that God's presence is in some sense uniquely in heaven, the teachings of the scriptures also make it clear that God is omnipresent. What does it mean? It means that he is present everywhere at the same time. From the beginning of scripture, we see the presence of God hovering over the earth even when it was still formless and empty. Genesis 1 and 2 says the earth was without form and void and darkness was all over the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. God filled the world with his creation and his presence and glory continued to inhabit the whole earth. Numbers 14, 21 says, but truly as I live, and as all the earth shall be filled with the glory of God. There are many examples throughout scripture of God's presence moving on the earth, interacting with his creation. Everywhere throughout the first part of the Bible, we see God's presence moving through the whole earth, interacting with his creation. Look at Genesis 3 and 8. It says, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Why did they have to hide? What made them hide? What caused them to hide? There was no hiding. They didn't know anything about hiding. They never played the game hide and seek. But because of sin, the moment sin entered in, mankind had to hide. Sin will make you hide. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 23, 14, because the Lord your God walks in the midst of your camp to deliver you and to give up your enemies before you. Therefore, your camp must be holy so that he may not see anything indecent among you and turn away from you. You don't want anything in your life to cause God to turn away from you. You don't want any situations that you're involved in that will cause God to turn away from you. Your camp. What is your camp? It's your home, your life. It could be your job. It can be your home. You don't want anything to cause God to turn away from you. Exodus 3 and 2. Read that. 1 Kings 19, 11 through 18. Read that. Luke 1, 35, read that, and Acts 16 and 7. These are pivotal in understanding. Hebrews 4, 13 says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Therefore, everything 
is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. All these scriptures I gave you will help you in keeping your house holy, keeping your camp holy. Jeremiah says that can anyone hide in secret places so that I cannot see him? Jeremiah 23, 24. No, they cannot. Do not I fill heaven and earth, declares God. He fills the whole earth. He fills the heaven. Nothing can hide. That's like hiding out in the open field. How you going to hide out in the open field? God's looking at you. You cannot hide. Psalms 139. Read that whole chapter. It's an amazing study of God's omnipresence. You cannot hide from God. I don't care where you go. It can be the darkest of dark. You cannot hide. It's dark to us, but it's light to God. There's no darkness in God. So the question is, where is God? Many people are asking that question today. Where's God? If God was so good, where is God? If he was a loving God, I'm sure you've heard those type of questions. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, God is with you. God is beside you. God is above you. And most importantly, God is inside of you. God's presence and watchful care never leaves you. If you are not a believer in Jesus Christ, God is right in front of you, inviting you, drawing you, offering you the love, mercy, and grace that he longs to give you. If you are unsure of your relationship with God through Christ Jesus, there's no better time than right now to get it right with God. So perhaps a better question than where is God is where are you in relationship to God? So let's deal with the question, where is God when it hurts? Oh, yes, you've had pain. I've had pain. We've experienced the pain of life, the pain of loss, the pain of disappointment, the pain of heartaches, the pain of deception, the pain of somebody cheating on you, the pain of someone walking away from you, the pain of you not getting that job, the pain of you not getting that raise. You felt that type of pain. You thought you were prepared for that job. You, you just knew you were going to get that promotion. But for whatever reason, you did not get it. And you asked, God, where are you? Man, I should have had that job. Well, in most cases, God has something better for you. It seems we desire to know the answer to this question. Most when faced with painful trials and attacks of doubt. Even Jesus in Matthews 27, 46, doing his crucifixion, asked, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And to the onlookers of that time, as well as those who first read the story, it seems that God did forsake Jesus. So we obviously conclude that he will forsake us as well in our dark moments. No. That's not true. He will not forsake us in our darkest moments. Yet upon continued observation of the events that unfolded after the crucifixion, the truth is revealed in Romans 8, 37 through 39, that nothing can separate us from the love of God, not even death. After Jesus was crucified, 
He was glorified. First Peter's 1.21 says, Who through him are believers in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God? Mark 16 and 6 says, And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. He's no longer there. Mark 19. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And Romans 4, 24 through 25. But for ours also, it will be counted to us who believe in him, who raised from the dead, Jesus Christ, who was delivered up for our transgressions and raised for our justification. From this example right here, this example alone, we can be assured that even when we do not feel God's presence in the midst of our pain, we can still believe his promise that he will never leave us nor forsake us. Hebrews 13, 5. Keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be content where you are in life. Don't think that just because you're suffering or just because you're sacrificing or just because you're doing without that God is not present. God is still in the midst of that trial. It was once said that God sometimes permits what he hates to accomplish what he loves. That was Joni Eckerson. We put our trust in the fact that God does not lie and the fact that he never changes and his word stands true forever. Numbers 23, 19, God is not man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? First Samuel 15, 29. And also the glory of Israel will not lie or have regret for he is not a man that he should have regret. Psalms 110 and four. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Malachi 3, 6. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God will not change his mind. If he told you something, if he declared something in your life, it will come to pass. Hebrews 7 or 21. But this one was made a priest and an oath by the one who said to him, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. You'll be blessed forever. Hebrews 13 and 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God never changes. He's always the same. We're the ones that change. We're the ones that change our minds. James 1, 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Everything we need, everything we desire is in God. First Peter 1, 25. But the word of the Lord remains forever. And his word is the good news that was preached to you. 
When you hear the good news, you receive that good news because it is news from heaven of God that is declaring into your life that he will never leave you, that he will never forsake you, that he is ever present in your life, that he will always be with you no matter what. We do not lose heart over painful circumstances because we live by faith in every word that has proceeded from the mouth of God, not putting our hope in what is seen or perceived. We trust God that our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs all the suffering that we will endure on this earth. No matter what you go through, no matter what you enduring right now, fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, because we know and believe that what is seen is temporary. But what is unseen is eternal. Second Corinthians 4, 16 through 18 says, so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day for this light momentarily affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. How do you walk? How do you truly walk? Is it by faith or is it by what you want to see and what you need to see? We also trust God's word in Romans 8.28, which says he is constantly working things together for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. We've all been called according to God's purpose. Even though we do not always see the good ends to which God is working things out, we can be assured that a time will come when we will understand and see more clearly why we went through, why we had to go through. There's many things that I didn't understand why I was going through it. Many of it because of my own hard-headedness, my own way of doing things. God had to get my attention. That's not the direction that I have for you, my son. But as I got older and I laid before God and God disciplined me, then I started to understand and see things more clearly. Our lives are like a quilt. If you look at the back of a quilt, all you see is the mess of knots and loose ends hanging all over the place. You ever looked at a quilt? Look on the back of a quilt. You'll see knots and loose ends hanging all over the place. Looks just terrible, nasty. It is very unattractive. And there seems to be no rhythm of rhyme to the work. Yet, when you turn that quilt over, you see how the maker has craftily woven together each strand to form a beautiful creation, much like the life of a believer. If you look on the backside of a believer's life, it's tattered, it's torn, it's worn out. There's strands and knots hanging everywhere. But if you turn that believer's life over, once a person turns their life over, it becomes a craftily woven together strand 
of beautifully created patterns. Isaiah 64 and 8. But now, O Lord, you are our father and we are the clay and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. God created you to be special. He created you to be more than you think of yourself right now. He's created you to be successful. He's created you to be more than what others say you are. We live with a limited understanding of the things of God. Yet a day is coming when we will know and understand all things. Job 37 and 5. I'm going to leave you with these scriptures. Isaiah 40, 28. Ecclesiastes 11, 5. 1 Corinthians 13, 12. 1 John 3 and 2. We will understand it all better by and by. And I'm going to close with this. Where is God when it hurts? The message to take with you in hard times is that when you cannot see his hand, trust his heart and know for certain that he has not forsaken you. When you seem to have no strength of your own, that is when you can most certainly and fully rest in his presence and know that his strength is made perfect in your weakness. Second Corinthians 12, nine and 10. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. Know that God's grace is sufficient for you. When you're going through, when you're having trials, when you're having hardships, when you're having heartaches, when you're having disappointments, when life doesn't go the way that you want it to go, know that God's grace is sufficient. Yes, it hurts, but his grace is sufficient. Yes, you get disappointed, but his grace is sufficient. Yes, times are hard, but his grace is sufficient. You might not have all the money that you want, but his grace is sufficient. Whatever you need, it's in God. Rest in him. Know that when you are weak and you can't stand and you're about to fall, God's presence is right there to get you. That's where God is. This concludes our podcast for today. Through one podcast at a time, we are helping you to rise up and overcome many of the world's perplexing problems. Remember to love God, love yourself, and love others. Thank you for subscribing and sharing our podcast with others. Until next time, I'm Pastor Malachi.